0: This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Remain blessed as you listen. Yes, indeed, today is a special day. <laughs> I know many of you seeing me here today, you'll be like, "Okay, we believe God is here, and is going to deliver His message to us today." All right, before we go into what the Lord Will have for us today. I would like to appreciate God for this opportunity that I have to be standing before you, the people of God, to bring His message to us. And I would also like to appreciate the pastorate. And I'll start with uh, the senior pastor in the person of Pastor Fumi. We appreciate God, the grace of God over your life. And uh, We want to say, may the Lord continue to strengthen you, and may the Lord continue to lift you up. Yeah, we appreciate God for the leadership you have been providing, the wisdom, the vision to lead this assembly. May the Lord continue to increase you in Jesus' name. I appreciate Pastor Sherwin, Pastor Rosimi, for their input and contributions. (laughs) So today, by the grace of God. We'll be looking at a topic which is the man or woman God uses. But before we go into that, I would like us to bow our head as we pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we appreciate you today. Thank you for this privilege to be here. Thank you for your people that are seated. Lord, I pray that the entrance of your world will bring light and understanding to the simple Lord, I pray you make the heart of your people to be simple. Lord, you bring light, you bring understanding. In the name of Jesus, I ask that the Holy Spirit take preeminence. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. The man or woman God uses—I want to believe every one of us seated here today, at one point or the other. We have given our life to Christ. And indeed, for these singular reasons that you have given your life to Christ, you are qualified to be used by the Lord. We are created for God's glory and likeness. We are created for God's glory and likeness. Media would like us to please open to us uh, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43, we read from verse 6 to 7. We are created for God's glory and likeness. Isaiah chapter 43, we read from verse 6 to 7. I read, wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Bring out the blind people who have eyes and the deaf who have ears. We'll stop at verse 7. All right. That verse is letting us know that God has created us for his glory and he has created us in his likeness. The Lord has invested so much in us. He sent his only son to die for our sin. And I believe that our father is not a waste of resources. Wherever he invested in, he's expecting productivity. He's expecting results. So you and I are the very creature whom God will use to expand his kingdom here on earth. He did not leave us as often. He sent us the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit is there. Every time when we call upon him, the Spirit of God is there to minister to us, to guide us and to lead us. The moment we surrender our life to Christ, we discover that we didn't go and meet God immediately. We are still left on the surface of the heart, and because there are work for us to do. If it had been that uh, immediately I surrender my life to God, it would just take me home. That means... There's not, not so much that I, I needed to do just to give my life to Christ and that's all. But He did not take our life. Immediately we give our life to Christ. It's for a reason. It's for a purpose. we got work to do for the Lord on this part of, of, of the divide. You remember in Matthew chapter 15 from verse 29 to 31. Matthew chapter 15 from verse 29 to 31. You'll find out that there are things God has in mind to, for, to do through us. And he did a lot of such things when he was on heart. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. The lame will walk. The deaf will hear. The blind will see. He cast out demons. He won souls. And is indeed calling us to this ministry to win souls. We are to raise disciples. Those are the works. I would like to read for us. That's Matthew chapter 15, 29 to 31. Jesus departed from there, skittled the sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitude came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. Remember this, in that many others, there are a lot of other miracles that he performed that were, that were not written down there. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. He healed them. Yeah, verse 31. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking. They made all the lame walking and the blind seeing. And they glorified the God of Israel praise god yes indeed we see the most the the, magnif- the, the, the work that we have to do there's so much jesus has he, he started them he raised the dead he opened the eyes of the blind he, and when he was going he, he, we are to do so much he has given us this assignment that greater things that we will do greater works that he shall do. Because I go unto my father. We have so much work. That he has given us to do. And I just want to remind us again. The topics. Which says the man or woman God uses. This whole topic. Will, is addressing a point. That there is work to be done. We are called for service. Service. And serving the Lord. Through serving men. Through raising disciples. And in Romans chapter eight, verse nineteen, it says, The earnest expectation of this world waits for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. You and I we are to manifest, we are to we are to come up and and raise we are to come up and be strong. We are to manifest and to bring forth all this work by discipling others. We are not meant to be by ourselves for the great task God has given unto us. We are to rise up and accept our calling and go on in this work the Lord has for us. The text we'll be looking at for this topic is found in the book of Joshua chapter 24 from verse 14 to 18. Joshua 24 from verse 14 to 18. By the way, the title of this topic is actually a book. Somebody has written about it. Oswald J. Smith. So we can, we can search it out and read it. It's so much loaded. Joshua 24. we read from verse 14, 15 and 16. Probably to 18. Yes. So I read. Now therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river, and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whom land you dwell. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. For the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the God, the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way that we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. Verse 18. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites, who dwells in the land. We also, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Amen. One thing that's, is, that keeps coming from this passage is serve. Serve. We will serve the Lord. You know, Joshua being the leader at this time, urging the Israelites, Telling them that, can you remember all those things God has done for us? Taking us from captivity, bringing us into a place of rest. He brings to their remembrance those things God has done. And letting them know that it is not by our power that we have achieved this, but it is by His grace. And for this reason, we will serve the Lord. We will not serve any other God, but to serve God. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I don't know if that is the same thing that you, you are saying to yourself as you listen to this message today. that for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Yes, as it is a custom in this place, that when we try to look at a topic, let's look at what it is not. That the man or woman, God cannot use. Who is that man or woman God cannot use? The man that God can't use is a man who is living in sin. Who has not given his life to Christ. Such a man or woman cannot be used by God. Such a man or woman can't be used by God because he cannot be owed iniquity. And if we are to serve God through serving people, we need to live a holy life. We need to have given our life to Christ. So today, we'll quickly look at the qualities and or qualifications of a man or a man or woman God uses. The qualities or qualifications of a man or woman God uses. One, he or she must have given his or life to Christ, just like I, I stated in the foundation of the topic, that at the point every child of god whom god will use will have given his our life to Christ salvation is free but it cost god his only son to die until we have been born again we are children of satan and we do not belong to the family of god only the new birth can make us children of god and he used and only the new birth can make us children of god and be used by god Men are dead, lost, undone, utterly depraved, with no hope of life apart from a new birth. When I bring together this meaning of this very first point, that uh, he or she must have given his or her life to Christ, if I may put to perspective, like my wife will usually say, that if in eternity, We found ourselves at the judgment throne. And we discovered that this Christianity that was preached to me wasn't the way. What would be your reaction? How will you feel that, wow, all the years I've spent on earth, that somebody has told me and I've believed it, that Jesus is the way. And eventually you discover that Jesus is not the way. It would be a great shocker for a lot of people. But the interesting part is, when you look at the life you live there on earth, the, the peace of mind that you have, the uh, those things God has done for you, you will discover that the life that you lived in God is actually worth it. You will appreciate the virtue, the good life that you've lived, the peace of mind the salva- that salvation brought. You will appreciate it. Compared to the people of the world who live their life without any remorse, they live their life and they are always full of fear. I don't know if you've come about an unbeliever. They are always afraid. There's always fear written all over them. But as for us, because we believe in Christ, there's peace in us because we have Christ. And we know that indeed God cannot lie. Even if all men could lie. But God will stay true to his word. And he has promised us that where he is, that we will be there. And we believe him that definitely when eternity will come, when judgment will come, definitely we will reign with him. He has gone up to prepare a place for you and I. Where he is, he wants us to be there. So it is important that we surrender our lives totally to God. Whoever believes in him will not perish. He promised that in John 3.16, but have eternal life. There are plenty of verses of the scripture that supported that fact, that when we believe in him, definitely we will we'll make it to eternal life. Amen. Another thing that would, I want us to look at is our willingness to carry your cross. Remember, we are looking at the topic that says, a man or woman God uses. When God calls us to his service you know it's not a, it's not just any kind of service but God's service let's open to Matthew chapter 16 verse 24 to 25 Matthew 20 Matthew 16 24 to 25 I read then Jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, for my sake, will find it. Amen. We need to live a sacrificial life for us to be a man or woman that God will use. Joshua has showed us the perfect example. He sacrificed his life for us so that you and I can be saved. It requires self-denial and absolutely trusting God with all our lives. Absolutely trusting God with all your life. He has not left us alone. He has given us the Holy Spirit. So it requires us to follow him carrying by carrying our cross. You know, you close your eyes to the worldly pleasures. You know, you are always, you, you, it is expected of you, to study God's word, meditate on his word, and we are also called to disciple people. We are called to disciple people. And by rendering our service to God, by serving people, raising disciples, you know, Christians will become more vulnerable and will be like sheep among wolves. That can be found in Matthew chapter ten, verse sixteen. That we are like sheep among wolves. The world doesn't like you because you belong to Christ. Because you follow Jesus, they are always there to attack you. Jesus was said to be empowered by the prince of demons in Matthew chapter 9, verse 34. You know, he was called different kind of names. When he was casting out demons, he was raising the, healing the sick, raising the dead. You know, people were marveled. And they were like, in whose power and authority are you? doing all of this. Who empowered you to cast out demons? And they thereby calling him name that uh, he belongs to the prince of of demons. That is one of them. But well, you know, any house that stands against itself cannot rise. Eh? So, <laughs> Jesus, having the power of God, operating under the influence of the Holy Spirit, could do all of that. So, be expecting to be called names by accepting Christ, by going around without that label that you belong to God, people will definitely attack you. People will call you names. I remember when I was growing up, early in time, when I just gave my life to Christ. I think I was in primary school then. Yes, I was still in primary school. You know, the kind of life I used to live, thereby playing around with guys, with our friends, we play betting. We do all sorts of things, we go to party. And at the time when I surrender my life to the Lord Jesus, those interests begin to drop down. And my friends that we usually go out together, they discovered this about me. That I'm no more gelling with them. I'm no more going out with them, playing, having fun. They tag me a name. <laughs> they tag me a name because they could see a change. They could see that this guy is no longer interested in the kind of life that we used to live together. They will call you name if indeed you have given your life total to the Lord. You need to live in total obedience to God. When he says move, you move. I remember when I was on campus too, I used to have a roommate that live a free life that doesn't care about the things of God, even though it- he Apostle, a son of a minister. He believes so much in his ability and strength that he feels that you that always pray that you are wasting your time. That you pray you want to write exam. You pray when you want to travel. You pray for almost everything that you do. And for him, he feels that if he doesn't pray, he will still go on his journey and end up getting home. But along the line, some there was a day he traveled, and I think he was robbed, and he was calling and and reporting everything has happened. I could sense from his voice how jittery he was. I think at that at the end of that event, he could appreciate trusting God for your with your life and following God when God asks you to take a step. You are in sync with him. He could reach you. God could talk to you. You he could hear him. You know, you need to surrender all your, yourself to him so that you can be in sync with the Lord. I would like us to read Luke chapter 18 from verse 18 to 23. It is a story of a young rich ruler. Luke 18 from verse 18 to 23. Now, a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth. Let's pause a little. You know, this young man would came up to, to, to Jesus and asked that, what can I do to make heaven, to, to inherit eternal life? And Jesus was telling him, you need to do this. You need to honor your dad, your father, and your mother. You know, he was listening to all those commandments. And he answered that, man, those stuff, we have been doing that for my youth. Can we continue, please? And he said, okay, all these things I have kept for my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. When this guy heard this, when, uh, but when he heard this, he became very sorrowful for he was very rich. He became very sorrowful because he was very rich. This story. What I want to bring out from this is, what importance do we place on the Lord Jesus? This very guy, when he was asked to go and sell all that he has and follow me and follow Jesus, you know, he felt so bad because he has acquired a lot of wealth. Thi- eh, eh, he has acquired so much wealth here on earth. But I want us to put it to perspective as a young entrepreneur. And you were opportune to meet with somebody, okay, let's say Dangote. And he walk up to you and tell you, oh, 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 guy, come now. I want to train you to become knowledgeable and be better at what you do and become very successful as an entrepreneur. Please, what will the guy do? Immediately you say, I'm leaving everything I'm doing, I'm following you. What if he tells you, "Ah, go and round up what you are doing before"? It's, ah, no worry, well, just leave that one, just to follow you. I'm ready to follow you everywhere you want me to go to, because there's a picture, there's a, there's a what can I say? There's a value he placed on on the, this wealthy man, Dangote, with his experience and everything that he could just forego everything he had been doing and deciding to follow. Him came all the way for training. But this very rich man, that shows the kind of value he placed on Jesus when he was told to go sell everything he has and follow him. He said, towards the end, so I will sell everything I have, my cars, my houses, every property I have acquired to follow you. He could not, he could not think of what he stands to benefit. But his mindset was based on those worldly things, he wants enjoyment, you know. And compared to when Jesus was was uh, calling on his disciples, you know, when he got to Peter, I believe he was fishing, and he immediately he dropped the net and he decided to follow Because he know he has seen, he has heard about Jesus. He understood that if I follow this man, definitely... He, he, you know, they were expecting a Messiah at the time. And he believed Jesus Christ as the Messiah. That if I follow this man, definitely everything will be fine. Every, definitely there will be peace. And there won't be any disturbance by, from the people of the world. So what value do we place on Jesus? When he gave us an assignment. When he called us to his service. Are we still thinking of those possessions or those worldly things that we have gathered? Instead of withdrawing it all and following him, it requires sacrifice. It is a sacrifice from the Lord, and we ought to surrender all to him. Amen. I want us to quickly look at the third point here that says yieldedness. We, We need to be yielded to God. Jeremiah chapter 18 from verse 1 to 4. Jeremiah chapter 18 from verse 1 to 4. Yieldedness. 18 1 to 4. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter so he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make Amen God's great purpose is that our lives should be placed completely and absolutely at his disposal That is why we have the statement again and again that yield yourself unto God No potter can do anything whatsoever with the clay that continually resists the potter's attempt to shape it. If the potter can't make the kind of vessel he wants to make, the reason is that there is something in the clay that resists his touch. Just as soon as that hindrance has been removed and the clay yields itself absolutely to him, the potter can make any kind of vessel he desires to make. So is it is with with you and I, It is the same with your life and mine. If God is going to use us for His purpose, then we need to submit ourselves to be for Him to remold us, to reshape us to what He wants to use us for. If God is going to use us for His purpose and honor, if His power is going to rest upon us, if He is going to bless our ministry, then our lives must be placed absolutely at his disposal. We don't need to struggle with God. You can imagine the clay struggling that don't make me this. Can does a clay doesn't does, it, does it have a mind of its own? Absolutely no. It depends on what is in the mind of the potter to shape its width. So we need to be yielded to God. Our life needs to be submitted absolutely to God. As long as we have any will of our own, God can do little with us. His will must become our will. And as soon as His will becomes our will, then He can begin to use us as He wants. Now, I also imagine a doctor and a patient. A patient walks up to to a doctor to be healed, to be treated. And the doctor prescribes some drugs and they where he or she ought to use the drug, but these patients would not use it as prescribed. We already know what will be the answer. The The ailments the, the will still be there because the patients failed to obey and to, and to carry out every instruction given to him. There's no way of recovery. Will you allow God to work on you and bring out the best in you? Then we need to submit to Him absolutely. We need to be yielded to God. The fourth point I will raise there is having a prayer life for us to disciple people. We need to have a prayer life. It must be a lifestyle for anyone who wants to be called by God, who wants to be used by God. We need to have a consistent prayer life. Prayer is a means of communication between God and men. And this is the avenue we have to communicate with God through prayer. You, you, we, as Christians, we do not have any hidden power anywhere. When issues come up, when challenges come up, we run to God in prayer and he gives us direction. He brings healing to us. So we cannot joke with our prayer life if you want to be used by God. I want us to read Genesis 32 from verse 22. Okay, it's a long story from 22 to 32. We won't read it because of our time. It's a story of Jacob, how he prayed. He wrestled with God in prayer. He wrestled, I, I believe some people would think it's a martial heart of, 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 uh, of a thing. But his prayer, he wrestled with God. He asked God for a change. He said, I will not allow you to go unless you bless me. I will not leave you unless you bless me. Not until we prevail with God will we prevail with men. You know this call that he's calling us into is to render service to men. And we need to, to settle it with, with our Father in prayer first. If we are going to be successful, We need to take it to God, and we need to prevail with God before we could prevail with men. And to prevail with men, we must learn how to prevail in prayer, how to prevail in prayer. Jesus knew what it was to prevail in prayer. He spent the whole night. And when the disciples saw him, the sweat was like blood dripping from his body. Because he went all night in prayer. Again and again, the disciples would find him in a solitary place, praying, pouring out his soul in agonizing prayer. They discovered this about Jesus, that his strength lies in praying. A lot of time, he would leave them and went on to a solitary place to pray. He prayed for the will of God to be done, and we saw how God used him. So, for you and I, we need to travel in the place of prayer. We need to pray. There's a song that I saw on, or is it on the internet. It's a short song that you hear people singing it to. That if I don't pray, Satan will make mess of me. That if Jesus could pray, I will pray. If all these great men of God, that God used here on earth, could pray. Daniel could pray. Paul could pray. Elijah could pray you have to pray. I have to pray. Prayer is our stronghold. We do not have any power elsewhere, but we need to depend solely on God as we take our, our challenges to God, as we take our hearts to God in prayer. Every man in use of God has been a man of prayer. If you have never learned how to pray, if you have never learned how to wrestle with God as, just as Jacob did, If you know nothing about travel of soul, then you do not know what it means to get spiritual results. You know, in this service of God that we are called into, we are called to raise men. We are called to disciple men. And we cannot do it by our own strength, we cannot do it with our own natural intelligence. We need God to help us, we need Him to help us to to able to, to raise disciples. We need to pray. We need to be solely dependent on God with all our hearts. Another point I would like to talk about is you will need the help of the Holy Spirit. Just as I've said earlier, that flesh cannot do the work of God. It is beyond human reasoning. It is beyond human calculation. Every child of God has the Holy Spirit in us and we need to engage Him. You and I, unless you and I know something about the anointing of the Spirit of God, we will not go far in the service of God. Without the help of the Holy Spirit, we won't be successful in our service unto God. When challenges come up, we need to, to, to go to God. We need to ask the Holy Spirit. We need Him to, to tell us the ways forward. We need Him to, to talk to us, to counsel us, and to give us direction. That is why we need the Holy Spirit. When we are being lonely, that you feel, and being lonely in this service, you have the Holy Spirit there. The Holy Spirit is there. He's always there. We need to engage Him at every point. We don't need to be alone by ourselves. He has given us His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We need to engage Him. We need to, 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 to connect with Him at every point point in time. Challenges will come and yes, we have the Holy Spirit. We need to engage Him to get results, to to have peace in our hearts. Another point I would like us to look at is living a separated life. For a man or woman, God will use. We need to live a separated life. And how do, do I mean? Let's open to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 14 to 18. Now don't be equally yoked with unbelievers, living a separated life. Second Corinthians chapter 6, from verse 14 to 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness, and what accord as Christ with failure, or what parts as a believer with an unbeliever, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Seventeen. Verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. The last verse 18. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. A man or woman God will use must live a separated life. You cannot live like the people of the world. You can't be seen at some places as a person who has been called to the service of God, you know, you need. there's a way we, we present ourselves. We cannot just do things anyhow. We cannot be, be like the unbeliever. We cannot do things that they do. We cannot imagine a man of God you know, patronizing beer parlor every night, you know, having side tricks, keeping more than one wife. You know, what will be your, what will you think about such person? And eventually, every time you see this person presenting himself as a man of God, whom God is using, you know, there will be question marks everywhere. You yourself, you raise questions that no, 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 this can't be. Not until okay. Living a separated life. Separation has always been God's standard. Abraham had to leave his father home at some point. You know, he gathered his, his belonging and everything, and he left in complete separation. He went on a journey. He did not even know where he was going. He was acting in obedience, in total obedience. And Moses also refused to be called the sons, one of the sons of Pharaoh's daughter. Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of God greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. At every point in time, for us to be used by God, there must be separation. What is the kind of life you are living before that is not pleasing to him? There have to be separation. At a point in time, as they are called to the service of God, as you are one whom God will use to raise disciples, you know, definitely your disciples will be looking at you. You are like a model to them. And you cannot afford to do as the people of the world would do. So there will be a lot of expectations on our side. Does the world hate you? Are you friends of the world? in John in 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 i would like us to read that passage 1 John 2:15 are you friend of the world 1 John chapter 2 verse 15 1 John 2:15 i read 1 John 2:15 do not love the world and the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the Father is not in aim. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in aim. So, this is a call to us. Are you still holding on to the pleasures of this world? Rather than beholding the call of God or embracing the, the call of God on your life, there has to be a separation. Then we need to live a separated life from the things of this world. There must be clear separation between Christians and the people of the world. When people take a look at us, it must be seen clearly that we are, we, are, we belong to God, we belong to Christ. It, sh- it, not, it shouldn't be that difficult for the people of the world to identify us as one who has been with the Lord. But if it is still very easy for them to identify us, that they find it difficult to place an identification on us that indeed this person belongs to Christ, then there is still a problem. But at every point in time, because we have declared that we belong to God, we are no more living the life of sin, people of the world would see this and they will indeed know that we belong to the to the father. We belong to our father. The seventh point here says the burden for others. Burden for others. Become an intercessor. We need to have this burden for others. Become an intercessor. We'll do it. Exodus chapter 32, 30 to 22. 30 to 32. Exodus 32, 30 to 32. Here we see Moses interceded. For the sin of his people. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, "You have committed a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord; perhaps I can make an atonement for your sin." Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, "Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a god of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, for if not, I pray." Blot me out of your book which you have written. Wow. This is a great sacrifice from Moses. Because of the sin of his people, he was able to intercede on their behalf. That God should have mercy on them. God should forgive their sin. God should look away from their sin. Or else, is ready to sacrifice all he has done. All he has done for the Lord. He said he's ready to... That the Lord will bring will bring out His name out of the book of life. What a sacrifice! What an intercessor! What a, a leader that has that has a burden for the people. You know, also Paul in Romans chapter nine, from verse one to three, Paul having this same burden for the people, also said that that I that I myself were accused from God, accused. Use that word. are caused from God. That I myself, my, were cost from God, for my brethren. He did not. He did not see himself as being neglected or being excluded from the people. He accepted that he, he and his people are together, and he was ready to say that you should be eternally separated from Christ. What a great sacrifice! What a burden! That he has for his people. Intercessory prayer is prayer for others. Intercessory prayer means that we pray, we pray beyond ourselves, our needs, and our challenges, taking upon the burden for others in a real soul travail, and allowing the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to pray through us, in the will of God. You know that means are. Ways through which we can we can intercede, whereby we carry the burden for the nation of Nigeria. As we have been doing towards this election. We've been praying for good leaders. You know, another thing we do is we pray for this. We pray for the sick to be healed. We pray for salvation of soul. You know, sometimes you know we pray for people. We pray for our pastors. We pray for members of this assembly. There are things that I expected of. A man or woman that God will use. You need to carry the burden of your people. You need to pull them in prayer. You need to to, to intercede on their behalf. In conclusion, take it to yourself. Meaning, force and examine yourself. Force and examine yourself at some point. You know, being a model through which your disciples are looking at. You are like a model to them. They want to be like you. They are looking at you, learning th- from you. You need to take it to yourself. Let's look at First Timothy chapter four verse 16. We are rounding up. 1 Timothy chapter four verse 16. First Timothy chapter four verse 16. Media. 1 Timothy chapter four verse 16. Take it to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Amen. The words of Apostle Paul to Timothy, and they are of paramount importance to him, that for him to take heed to himself, water can only rise to his own level. What a disciple or pastor is, his disciples or congregation will, will be. Show me a spiritual pastor. And I will show you a spiritual congregation. Show me a worldly pastor, and I will show you a worldly congregation. Show me a soul winning pastor, and I will show you a soul winning congregation. Show me a, a, a missionary pastor, and I will show you a missionary congregation. We reap what you sow. You cannot sow beans and expect to harvest corn. So take it of yourself and examine yourself. What service am I rendering? What how am I living my life? What message am I portraying? Take it unto yourself so that we can bring forth a worthy disciple after us that will be uh, accepted to be used by our Father. It is indeed a call unto us and a charge to encourage us that For us to be a man or woman, God will use. All these that I've listed, we need to, they need to be seen in us. We need to be yielded to God. We need to be willing to carry our cross and follow Jesus. We need to surrender our life totally to Him. We need to have a prayer life. And we need the Holy Spirit to help us. And I also talked about Living a separated life, we cannot do things as the world will do them. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And we need to be embodied by the needs of our people. We need to put people forward before us. We need to carry their their burden. And I pray, as we have listened to the message today, that indeed we will be worthy. To be used by God in the name of Jesus. It is my prayer that this message that we have listened to, that indeed God would multiply it and bring more interpretation into our hearts in the name of Jesus. And I like us to bow our head as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time. We appreciate you for your word that has come. A man or woman, God uses. Lord, I pray that you'll find us worthy to be used by you in the name of Jesus. Help us, oh God, to have all these virtues that have been listed here, oh Lord, that would be yielded to you. You help us to live a separated life that will not have a missed identification. That indeed, people will see us and they can know that we belong to you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, help us to to, to arise to our calling and our, our ministry. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for hearing us. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed.